Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, if there are still ships at sea. Yeah, I guess there are still ships at sea. Lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is David Yaz. Thank you for listening. I hope you are surviving. That's what we all have to say, don't we? Because welcome to the strange new world. And we have a couple of guests today that are going to help us walk through the strange new world when it comes to uh, divorce or, you know, more to the point, family strife, I guess. I think pretty much everyone in the country has had at least a bit of, a little bit of strife and um, with me, my good friends, uh, Gabrielle Clemens, who is a financial advisor who specializes in pre-divorce and post-divorce guidance, and my buddy Ben Stitch, who is the best darn divorce mediator I have ever met. Let's uh, give him a round of applause. <laughs> studio audience on its feet. There is no studio audience. The thing is, there's never really a studio audience. Anyway, uh, Ben, how are you doing? I'm good, Dave. Good to see you. Good. You seem to be holed up comfortably in some sort of... I made fun of you for this because I'd seen you on a conference call uh, last week, and it looks like you have a palm tree in the background, and I'm wondering <laughs> if you're pretending to be in Florida or something. Not that that would be any better, but... No, I'm in a guest bedroom that has nothing in it, and <laughs> I had to bring some color into the room, so I stole a plant from another room and brought it in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule that you would make a good talk show producer because as we know, the key to a good uh, talk show is just a good fern. Just ask uh, Zach Galifianakis who puts himself between two ferns. Gabrielle, how are you? You look comfortable. At least there is a nice outdoor scene behind you. I don't see any people, but that's yes. the way things are going, I guess. So how, how are you holding up? Um, I'm holding up pretty well. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here and actually talk to a lot of other people than, you know, just the people around me. So nice to okay. see you. Both. Well, that's good. That's good. We got to keep this virtual train rolling because it's all we have for the time being. So when you guys, when we talked about this, about you appearing on the show, I thought um, it does make sense. And we don't like to talk about uh, divorce if we don't have to. But the joke going around was that you know, this, there's going to be a boom in babies and probably in divorce and maybe both. So um, why is that? Let's, I'll start with you, Gabrielle. It, it, was that one of the first things that came to mind when it became clear that this was going to be a period of everyone shutting themselves in their homes? That Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you have a lot going on in a family uh, right now, people are losing their jobs. 
They're, um, you know, they're already typically, uh, if they're having difficulties in their marriage, this is just going to make things more difficult. Uh, it doesn't bring out the best in people to not have anywhere to go. Some people have more spacious homes, some people have less spacious homes. So depending on the, you know, the space that you have and actually have, you know, uh, the opportunity to have your own time away from one another to read a book or watch your own show. Um, I mean, you take for granted the freedom that we had and the independence that we had prior to this. So, uh, you, so you, you put people in small proximity for a long period of time, breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, and then add financial difficulties and challenges to that. And it's just a recipe for, for disaster uh, for some people. Some people are going to get through it stronger. Some people um, aren't going to get through it um, quite, as, quite as successfully. So I do, we do anticipate this. Yeah, everyone I've talked to who is a professional or, or even even not non-professional, it's going to affect their business in some way. It's hard to think other than whoever is working at the Purell factory, they are um, they're living high on the hog. Well, they're terribly busy. But if, if you produce uh, Purell, if you produce toilet paper, I imagine your business is booming. It's, it's everyone else. It, it seems like it's whether you're in the service industry, whether you're uh, a professional who gives advice. Um, the, you know, there are a small percentage of people that have always worked from home and can do that. But even for them, maybe the, the, their clients are not going to be as willing to pay. Ben, what were your first thoughts when this whole thing started going down? Uh, well, I guess, let me think about how to say it without you having to censor me out. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast. You can swear if you want to. But, no, it's okay. No. Uh, it did hit the so- uh, you know, it, I mean, I guess the, on a personal side, I was most concerned about, uh, you know, my parents and trying to get them to take it seriously, uh, not to go shopping and so on and so forth. Um, professionally, I was worried about people's um, ability and willingness to engage remotely. Um, and I was concerned about the conflict, the potential conflict around co-parenting um, and the exchange of kids in this era uh, and the impact of step siblings and step parents and kids coming and going from the house and the challenges that will place uh, for folks who are separated or post divorce and they already have parenting plans uh, lined up. Um, I've been doing Zoom mediations actually for years because often one spouse has already left the state or left the country. Um, so it's not necessarily substitution for in person, but it's pretty good. Um, you're you're a good person to ask. Do, what do you have any tips when it comes to Zoom? Because of course, the the drawback is that I mean, technology has advanced. Zoom is is pretty good. I don't want to pick on Zoom because if they cancel my account, then I'm up shit creek. But if but are there ways to communicate via via Zoom that you recommend? Just given that it's not the same as being face to face. Well, I recommend. That's a good question. Uh, I recommend that each person ideally be on their own device um, if they can be. Um, I've had some, I had a mediation earlier this week where the two <clears throat> spouses were on the couch together, you know, which ends up being, you know, one spouse on the couch and one shoulder, um, you know, or something like that. So it's harder to read uh, people. Now, if you're in the same room, I get it. Um, but it's really helpful when you have the Brady Bunch kind yeah, of image yeah. up and everyone can read everyone's you know, facial expression and hear each other's tones. Um, I have one, even if, sorry to interrupt you, Ben, you're saying even if they're in the same room or, you know, building at least whatever to have their own device, because I, I mean, I've seen that some zoom calls are awkward where you try to get 
I mean, I've had, I had like a fun one last night with my, uh, some cousins and my parents and some family. And there was one family where there are four of them and they're all adults and they're all trying to get into the same, you know, zoom frame. And it was a little awkward. I kind right. of, yep. So you're saying, go ahead and get on your own little, uh, your own device, right? I think it's helpful. Um, especially if you have a headset and then the audio isn't, you know, there's no feedback back and forth. Um, you know, and just testing it out if you've never done it. Um, but I think it has a lot of unbelievable features. Um, you know, I could still chat with people privately if I needed to move in a private session and just put one person into the waiting room and there's some confidential opportunity to talk to people. I think in very high conflict dynamics uh, where you may not want both spouses in the same room, doing it on Zoom takes some of the edge off uh, and does make it manageable. Uh, for people to communicate directly with the help of the third-party mediator, uh, that might not actually be able to occur if you are live. Um, right, right. People are going crazy with the virtual backgrounds. Oh, I've, yeah. I've just added one here. Obviously, listeners, you can't see it, but it's it's trying to. I'm trying to look like I'm in the in the Pod Six One Seven newsroom or something. <laughs> Gabrielle, you have to um, be honest with me is that lovely picturesque background is that true or are you fooling us with a virtual background no it's true so you look these are the windows oh, they yeah, okay. it's real <laughs> i did have the virtual the virtual background and uh, uh it worked it's a it's a great it's a great uh you know tool to use but no i got the real thing today it's fun to, to tell you gabrielle i was in a meeting with you when you did it and it's like and every time you moved it like looked like you were like bobbing in the yeah, water lean back and it. Like, it I know it's it, it's not good if you're gonna be on for a long time. Um, it's so, yeah. Gabe, you you uh, interviewed my buddy, um, not my buddy, my boss uh, for my part time job, Dr. Avalon. Yes. And I have uh, a meeting. This is a non mediation thing I do, but I had a meeting with a colleague of mine, and I stepped out to go to the bathroom. I came back and he had screenshot my room. Mm-hmm. And that is a background. So there were two blue walls with two Florida <laughs> style trees. It was so oh, <laughs> okay. That's a good. Oh, that's so funny. Trick. So you were looking over your shoulder. At what are you in my room? I've got Fenway Park up there now, but as you can see, it's it's the virtual background is never perfect, and it's right. a little. So you get you got to be careful with that. But I was on a regular networking one recently, and I was struck by this woman's lovely living room. It was, it just looked like something out of Better Homes and Garden and I looked closer and it was fake. So you didn't fool me, Sarah. Anyway, um, but um, Gabrielle, what has been, what has been, um, what, so have you, Gabrielle, been actively been, you know, counseling people, people who are, are you, are you having video conferences with people and in the background, the, the house is chaos and all that, or tell us what it's been like. Well, you know, a lot of people are worried about modifications. So their spouse, the who is paying support, they haven't, they've 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 lost their jobs, they've been furloughed, their business is down. So a lot of people are contact me, contacting me regarding, you know, what do I do? How do I manage this? Uh, I'm concerned that you know when the time and comes when everything is back to normal that my income is going to be different. What do I need to do? Should I access my savings? Do I access my 401k or my IRA? Does he have to or she have to have to access theirs in order to pay me? Like just you know the kids are home all day now, so the expenses are much higher. 
uh, they eat more food, the, uh, the, the heat is higher, the electricity is higher. So there are a lot of, a lot of expenses that are associated with being home 24 seven with the kids. Um, and I got a call yesterday uh, from one of my clients and she was concerned about her husband, her ex-husband was coming in to take the kids and he's from New York and she didn't want the kids going to, with him to this undisclosed location where we, she didn't know who was going to be there and where, who they had been exposed to. And it's just, it's a lot of these, you know, issues that have just not been, they they weren't contemplated when, you know, these divorce agreements were, were drafted and, um, and the courts aren't open for you to have, you know, a normal process and a normal recourse to some of these, um, some of these behaviors that you otherwise would have, would have access to. Are judges available though now? I mean, I think they are. For emergencies, yeah, for emergencies. Uh, but Ben, I mean, would we could refer them to you and if, if they could work it out between them, right? Yeah, so I, I'd say two things. Number one, Dave, to your point, every week the courts are putting out different guidelines. So this morning oh. I just got a new email and every county is handling it differently. Really? Oh, geez, kind of, a mess. It's kind of crazy making. But generally, Gabrielle's absolutely right. They're only... Uh, um, available for in-person hearings if they're emergency situations. And of course, every family feels like their situation is an emergency to them. Sure. Doesn't necessarily meet the standards that the courts are looking for. So things are on hold. Um, modifications are on hold. Trials are on hold. Contempt actions are on hold. Um, and there certainly is no recourse right now from a court perspective around renegotiating parenting plans because of COVID, because of the things that Gabrielle's talking about. So one of the things that, you know, I've been thinking about, and I actually was on a meeting with Gabrielle and some other colleagues a few days ago, you know, you can either, parents, I think, have a few options. They can either fight and make unilateral decisions that could have long-standing negative impact on parents' ability to co-parent, which is just going to have a poisonous, toxic effect on their kids long-term. They can accept that there's things they can't control. Mm-hmm. Um, or they can go to a third party like a mediator or if they have a parent coordinator um, to help them work it out. Um, so to me, I feel like mediation is more relevant and potentially helpful now than ever because no. there's no alternative. Right. The, 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 like you said, the emergency court hearings are going to be rare. The issues that this quarantine has spawned are, I mean, almost limitless in terms of the way things have changed. And I'm a divorce guy. I, I got on the phone with my ex-wife. We live very close in proximity. It's always, that, that has always made things a little easier for the kids. But, you know, priority one, we wanted to talk about the kids, but that involved a more complicated conversation than normal. You know, neither one of us is, is remarried. So who are we keeping time with? Where, where are we going? And happily, we, I'm not a saint or anything, but happily we've worked a few things out. I've gone and picked up groceries for her because she's she doesn't want to go to the grocery store like most people. Um, she got uh, some masks for me, you know. So if you can work those things out, it's great. But let me let me I want to get I want to get deeper into that. But it, but think about this. I I just had this thought the other day. Um, you know, anxiety is on the rise and stress between you know both married couples and divorce couples are on the rise. You know what's on the decline? infidelity. If you think about this, this is the one, this, this has to be the low, I mean, and maybe that's really a good thing. I don't know. But if you think about it, 
there is no more, there, there is no more infidelity for, for a, a married couple. You know, there is no more. I'm going to be late home from work. Wink, wink. Right. There is no more. I'm running out to the, there's no yeah, more to silver the, lining, Dave. Silver linings. Well, have you thought about that? I mean, that that is, it, it's it's um you know let's face it. You guys know you work with clients who you know infidelity, of course, and accusations of such and suspicions of such cause all kinds of problems. And yeah, I, I don't. I, I, you just can't do it now. I mean, unless you're really really sly. You know, I'm going out for a, a two hour run. I guess you could say you're doing that and then go over to whoever's house. I don't know. Did that cross your mind, Gabrielle? You know, it did cross my mind, um, and depending on the circumstances, because both men and women commit, you know, commit infidelity, so it goes it goes both ways for sure. Um, but I would say that if somebody really wants to see someone else, they're going to find a way, especially if one person lives alone. So, um, you know, if it's two people who live with other people and they have to find a third place, I mean, hotels, I don't think are. Um, open as much as they used to be. I don't know what the situation is there, but, but I think yeah, it does, it is going to cramp some people's style, but um, you know, I'm sure when all of this is over, there'll be some pent up demand and, uh, and we'll see where things land there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. affecting everybody's lifestyle for sure. Yeah. It'll skyrocket after uh, this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Exactly. I'm cynical. Um, so when it comes to a divorce couple, though, when they're fighting over something like that, because I imagine this is what I'm, I'm hope I'm not repeating you what you guys have said, but just, you know, when the and and maybe this is kind of what you were alluding to, Gabrielle, was you've got a divorce couple and the school make the husband the bad guy in this case, the ex-husband, you know, he says, well, I, I'm coming to pick up the kids. And the ex says, you know, well, where are you going? And typically he would say, well, that's none of your business. And in a way he'd be right. It, depending upon, you know, as long as he's not, you know, doing anything horrible, taking them over state lines or to Brazil or something. But um, now it's like, does the, I'll pose it to you, Ben, does that spouse have a, a, a right? And I don't know what I mean by that word, right? Not necessarily legal, right? But should that spouse be pushing back and saying, we really need to, to talk about this. I want to know exactly where you're going and who you're going to come into contact with. Yeah, so the word right is difficult, but yeah, if if you're trying to figure out a way to make it work for the kids and you're really putting their health and well-being at the center of everything else that you're doing, Mm -hmm. having those conversations, I think, is important. Um, You know, this comes up a lot when post-divorce, when someone's remarried um, and they're step-siblings. So now the the step-siblings are going to a third house. Right. Um, and that third parent might be remarried and might also have step siblings. <laughs> There's a fourth house um, where there might be grandparents or other people living and it gets really complicated. Um, and if there's going to be any trust between the parents, just being up front, I think goes a long way. Um, and then there's objective measurements to rely on. I mean, the state gives guidelines. Um, and, so you, uh, and you mentioned these are, these are things that the state is putting out now, although perhaps not crystal clear, but. Well, not necessarily related to divorce specifically, but if there's a you know stay-at-home order right. or a certain length of time that you should be quarantined if you've been exposed to someone or you don't know if you've been exposed to someone, but you might be, um, you know, if you can't agree, it, it might be a useful you know benchmark to rely on. Um, but yeah, these things are coming up all the time. Do the kids go to the playground? Are they wearing masks when they're going out? Is oh. they go on a hike with the dogs? you know, I mean, it it is endless. Um, 
Yeah, living with grandparents who are higher risk, and so you don't want them to be exposed. You know, and I, and 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 then you get, there's a whole host of other conflicts. How are you managing the homeschooling? And you're not being firm enough, and you're not letting the kids making the kids do the homework. Oh, you're being too strict, and you're being too rigid, and you know, you just let them do what they want so they can get through this tough time. And I mean, yeah, I don't know. Or, or, go ahead, Gabrielle. The, the, what I've been the guidance I've received around this issue is if the other person, so so if you're the the person who has parenting time and the the other let's just say the husband wants to come by and pick up the kids and go somewhere that um, the mom doesn't want them to go really the issue is if somebody in that household has actually been diagnosed with the virus Mm -hmm. so if they haven't that's a harder that that's really you know a a more difficult argument to make that they can't go because then well then they can't go to the store then they can't go anywhere and they shouldn't go outside or you know until actually someone has been diagnosed with the virus it makes it difficult to prevail on keeping those kids home and not allowing the parenting time because you know people are coming in from out of state dads a lot of dads come in from new york connecticut for their their one weekend um every other weekend or their their two or three days um and so you know they it's important to them and they find this being you know a little restrictive they want to see the kids um and but what i've my guidance that i've been given so far is to just said unless someone's actually been diagnosed who's and they're going to that household, it's, you, you, you kind of have to let them go. And it doesn't rise to the level of emergency. Maybe if somebody has been diagnosed and they still want to take them over to that, that home or that, that location, then that may rise to the level of enough threat to be an emergency that would warrant a, you know, an emergency hearing. But um, aside from that, the couple has to figure it out for themselves and what's in the best interest for the children. And you'd assume that they both want what's best for the children. Yep. Um, so. That's yeah, I, I agree with you. Oh, you go ahead, Ben. Go. No, I was going to say the challenge I, I find is that parents don't always agree on what is the best interest. Um, and of course, I, you know, I've been on lots of webinars with attorneys or judges from mostly from other states. But yeah, and the, I think the recommendation is the parenting plan should continue. And it's still in the kid's best interest to see both parents um, unless there's a real imminent health risk. Um, but of course, different people have different ideas of what that means um, and how risky they are willing to kind of take it with with their kids. So the best practices, you know, the association um, of family and conciliation courts, which is a national organization that helps set some recommendations related to um, uh, parenting matters, Mm -hmm. you know, their recommendations are more kind of broad based, like be flexible, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Communicate more. Um, uh, listen to your kids uh, and it's all, it's all great stuff. And for folks like you and your co-parent Dave, um, you're doing it right. Even though it's harder. Yes. Um, we're, we're perfect. I want that on the record. Well, you're exactly, well, that goes without saying. If my ex-wife uh, was listening. Yes. Um, <laughs> She's been, uh, you should add that to the promo. Actually, I will. I yeah. Will. No, um, this is the most perfect podcast ever. Thank you. Facilitated okay. by the most perfect I'm saving that clip. Hey, give me the intern. Save that clip for me, will you? I'm just kidding. There's no intern here. Don't worry. And if he is, he's not in this building. What you said is, I think, spot on, Ben, is that the, it's good that there are people like you guys out there to advise them and to talk them through some of these things because the gray areas are countless. If you have 
you know, someone who's been diagnosed, I agree with you, Gabrielle, that, that I think that has to be a firm rule. I don't care what the law says or anything. I mean, come on. But if the person has, the child hasn't been diagnosed or household member hasn't been diagnosed, what if the child is, went to school two weeks ago and someone in their class has been diagnosed or might've been in contact with someone who's been diagnosed? What if, you know, Hey, I get along very well with my ex-husband, but I know he's dating a doctor now and the doctor Mm -hmm. is at a hospital where they're treating people with the coronavirus. Do I need to be worried about that? That I think is where it gets, it's tricky. So um, let me ask you guys this, Uh, Gabrielle, do you see in the future your business or the you know behavior of people that you deal with changing? In other words, let's say we do get the Ali Ali in free the 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 I don't know what we're going to call this. We'll call it Mardi Gras, I guess. When the, when the stay at home order is is finally lifted, but one of the interesting aspects of this, I think we would all agree, is it's not as if we're going to flip the switch and behavior is completely back to normal. You know, I I, I you know being um, someone who likes to go to concerts and baseball games. I'm wondering when they are going to come back, you know, but Gabrielle, tell me, have you, have you thought about that? Like what, 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 um, how this might be such a cultural change that it'll, it'll have lasting impact. Yeah. I think in, in terms of the family law uh, paradigm, absolutely. I think there's going to be some kind of, um, I don't know, some, some kind of clause in the separation agreement that's going to address these kinds of pandemics or these kinds of emergencies, you know, especially around children, obviously. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the kids need both parents, you know, they're, they're, they're scared. This is very shocking for kids of all ages. And uh, in particular, uh, you know, we'll have to look back at some of the, um, the college funding because now that's all in flux if someone has lost their job as opposed to, you know, it's just been furloughed as opposed to just writing a check for school or from the 529 that's now lost value. You know, all of these financial issues are going to have to be addressed in the coming months. And I think it behooves us as practitioners to address those as if this could happen again, because this could happen again. So uh, we have to be ahead of that, and we just were woefully unprepared, uh, mm-hmm. just you know, as a community, uh, as a country, for this kind of uh, epidemic. So I think that will change how we go address this further. Mm-hmm. I'm really hoping um, that this crisis helps drive changes in the probate and family court system. Um, we were uh, again, yeah. Gabrielle, and we're on the same meeting, and there were some divorce attorneys who were making the claim that Massachusetts has the most antiquated probate and family court system in the country. Now, I have no idea if that's true or not, um, but I do know that there are some states who are doing more hearings by telephone or video conference um, where things are able to move forward in a bit more of a, a timely, normal manner. I'm sure there's some restrictions that are unavoidable, um, but it, you know, basically, family lives are being put on hold right now, um, and it's it's very distressing. Um, and it's not just a standard divorce, right? There's things related to adoptions and um, uh, you know, basically, people's legal rights and a whole host of legal processes, not just divorce law, um, that are that are at a standstill. Um, and if we anticipate that this might happen again in the future. Um, we need to really upgrade our systems uh, yeah. to allow uh, justice to continue. Because right now, um, people are living handcuffed um, in, in a lot of, in a massive state of uncertainty. 
we think of Massachusetts as being progressive and smarter than everybody else. And we are, we are smarter than everybody else, but in terms what you said about the legal system and, you know, I, this isn't meant to sound uh, braggadocious, but I'd spent 15 years at lawyers weekly and studying this um, Massachusetts is just stubborn. And, and so I think you're right, Ben, I think we were one of, if not the last state to adopt the uniform probate code, which is just kind of what it sounds like, you know, a, a code that was devised for it to be, you know, uniform throughout all states. We're also the lat. <laughs> we're also like the last to adopt things like Jervoir all kinds of rules that we just do things differently because we're better and smarter. And I say that in quotation fingers because it's not always true. So I hope you're right. Reform is always slow. It's like moving an aircraft carrier in this uh, in this state. Uh, so before I forget guys, I want people to know how they can get in touch with you. Um, and they, they just walk right up to your office these days, right? No, maybe it's not going to door. <laughs> Gabrielle, how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Um, you can find me at gabrielleclemens.com or at 617-725-1702. Um, Smart woman gives out. If you need any financial advice as you go through this. Gabrielle and Clemens, both typical spelling. Clemens, like Roger, everybody will know that. And That's- now, Ben, we get to you and the spelling is <laughs> going to be a thing I, with you, I know. because. But anyways, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Uh, so you can email me at ben at benstitch.com, which is B-E-N-S-T-I-C-H. But if you misspell it and put that second T in to S-T-I-T-C-H, it will get redirected to me. <laughs> You're a genius. And- uh, same with my URL on my website, benstitch.com. Uh, and my phone number is 617-872-7731. Have you ever thought about legally changing your name to Stitch as in Stitch in Time? Be honest. Have you? No. 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 I take pride in the fact that it's different. It's like being well, a lefty. Right? Well, <laughs> are you a lefty? I am. Oh, well, hey, geez, you're breaking all the rules. Yeah. Well, you're talking to a guy who's got a last name, which is three letters, and and the most commonly misspelled three-letter last name, I would suggest. My name is Y-A-S, people. But if you spell it with a Z, I don't mind. We, there was a very brief movement in the Yaz community to change it to a Z at one point. But um, that, uh, that fizzled out. The, the thing hey, is... Dave, is that short for anything? Is Yaz short for something? No. And not Yastrzemski, for those of you... Well, see, I used to say that. Nobody knows who Kali Yastrzemski is anymore. Oh, really? Wow. Should, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe his grandson is now a budding star on the on the Giants. I was supposed to see him play in spring training in uh, Arizona this year. You know how that worked out. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's short for it was a Eastern European kind of Polish slash Russian name, Yasevlan, Y-A-C-E-W-L-A-N. And um, I guess I'm glad it's not Yasevlan. That's even harder to spell. So who knows? But just a little uh, factoid, Ben, you might be sure to not changing your name and I'm not um, presuming anything, but I knew a guy whose name was spelled unusually. Like if he said his name out loud, you would write it down and he'd be like, well, no, you got to move that letter uh, over. And you'll see why in a moment I'm preserving his anonymity. What happened was this, this poor guy was caught in a, a sting operation. He was online. Let's just say he was online seeking to meet someone that if he had followed through with this particular arrangement and transaction, he would have broken a law, right? So he was... Uh, arrested for this. Now, when it came time to report this, as they will do in like the local paper, you know, the police blog, or these people were arrested for this and that, they misspelled his name. Now, when you Google him, 
you don't find him because his name is weird. So, so Ben, um, you can see where I place you in, in, uh, you know, I'm just looking out for you here. Now, of course it it would be false. It would be false accusation of whatever terrible thing it was, but you find comfort in that, uh, that lack of a T. <laughs> All right. When we, we we're going to, we're going to uh, sort of step away here for just a moment. When we come back, we're going to play good stuff because I'm asking everybody good stuff it, because we need good stuff now more than ever. And we play that game where people recommend a tip. It uh, could be something to watch, something to do. And in the case of our new world order, it's probably just a little tip to help you survive these trying times. So at first, I but first I want to tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. How would you like your own podcast? Well, you might think now is not the best time to, to start a podcast, but au contraire, we've been doing remote podcasts since we launched this company. We will, if you choose to work with us, ship you out a quality USB mic, which you just plug into the computer and get started. Now is a great time to reach your audience, your clients, your friends, whoever you want to reach there at home. You have literally a captive audience, sadly, but let's face it, people are home. They're waiting to hear from you. Be part of the pod revolution. Visit pod617.com in pod we trust. I have you guys as video witnesses. That that live read I just did is just, it's in my brain. I wasn't reading it. Right, guys? Did you notice that? I'm very proud you of you. You were reading the whole yeah. time? I, that was impressive, yeah. Dave. That was good. No, that was, that was good. <laughs> All right. Well, we promised a little good stuff, so let's play that game. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, Gabrielle's dancing to the B-52s. We need the B-52s now more than ever, I think. Don't you think? <laughs> um, I don't know where they are. The, 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 the B is nowhere near the 52 because we're all separated. Anyway, so uh, let's see. Uh, ben, why don't you kick it off? What's your, what's your tip for our listening audience today? Man, just take care of yourself. Do something that uh, helps fuel you. Uh, I mean, I, I do a lot of work with parents and Parents are now working full-time from home, having to share an office with their co-parent, uh, full-time homeschoolers, uh, and trying to maintain sanity. So if you can break away mm-hmm. for a half hour, an hour to read a book, take an online yoga class, take a dog for a walk, whatever it takes to kind of just clear your head, um, that's probably what uh, I would recommend. And then the other piece is just be flexible. Yeah, uh, I mean, you just the expectations you have for yourself, for your kids, um, uh, for your co-parent. If you're in a that type of situation, like you got to give each other a little bit of break. Um, we're all doing the best we can right now, uh, given the circumstances, and um, you know the goal yeah, is you, to get for this. The flexibility thing, I think, is huge because I think a lot of parents are freaking out over this homeschooling thing, and. I cannot speak from experience because my my youngest is a, a senior in high school and he's doing his, I don't know if he's doing his work or not. He's already into college. So uh, Griffin, do your thing, whatever. But um, I, a lot of parents are really kind of losing it over making sure that kids keep up. And, and then I've seen some parents object completely and say, I'm not doing this because it's unrealistic given my situation, uh, particularly among single parents, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, I, I think mental health first, right? like chill. Like the goal should be that everybody gets out of this, like, you know, uh, un, unscarred, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, God, I mean, I, it's, we say this jokingly, but it's really not funny. I, I hope, uh, you know, abuse and neglect doesn't, yeah. Yeah. doesn't rise just because everyone's on, you know, fried nerves um, and uh, experiencing more stress and challenge and are tired and sleep. You're right. And, 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 you know, I'm going to venture to say drinking more, <laughs> you know, I mean, because you're, you're at home, you do the grocery run. You know, I saw the joke. It, again, this is no joking matter, but this is, was kind of a funny line. Someone posted on social media. I just got back from the liquor store for the, the third time this week that I had to go get a month's worth of liquor. So you see, it, it's, I think, it, you know, stress, you know, you've got the liquor cabinet there at home at all times. And yeah, I, I, I hope we get through it. So, um, Gabrielle is going to give us a tip and also is, is where she and I are going to briefly talk about one of the awesomest shows, but go ahead, Gabrielle. Okay. Well, then I have two of them because we want to talk yeah, about can the do show. But one of the things I really have enjoyed during this time is doing Zoom cocktail parties with my friends. And we get together at four or five or six or seven o'clock, whatever time works for them and their kids. And I have older kids, so I don't have to manage them as much, but we do it before dinner or as we're making dinner or after dinner and we make a cocktail and we just chat. And it's, it's great because you can get people in, come, you know, in the same chat room and everyone's, you know, only one person can talk at a time, which you've ever gotten a bunch of girls together. That is just never <laughs> happens. So, uh, so the zoom parties have been just a lifeline for me and my friends and we sit and chat and, uh, and I really appreciate them even more now than ever. So that's been a lot. It's a great- I'm hanging out with my friends who are yeah. more now than I have since high school. I know. Isn't that amazing? And everyone shows up. There are more people in the meetings. There are more people at the co- people at the cocktail parties. We're talking about fun things. It's really, it's really great. Yeah. Saturday night at eight thirty, we had you know we were all having a beer together. Five yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I think it's great. So it, I highly recommend that. If and you, the second wait, is when you're done on, with all on. the chit chatting. Hey, Gabrielle, I know where you're going, but let me piggyback on your first point okay. first. <laughs> Uh, and, um, you know, podcast listeners can't see this. I'm sharing my screen. This was my, where I'm looking, we are looking at a, how many people are on the screen? Uh, 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 16. 16. Yeah. So that's, 16. Me, that's me and 15 of my fraternity brothers. And we might've even gotten up to as many as 18 on this call. And we're juvenile, but we decided to go back to our college days. And the idea was to do what we used to call a, an hour of power, which means for you, someone keeps time and each minute you take a, a shot of beer and you consume that beer. Now, I will fully admit I did not do that, but, I, but it was more of a cer- A couple of guys actually did, but it, it was more, it's more of a ceremonial thing and people do toasts and a lot of great stories came out. So, Gabrielle, you're absolutely right. It's more fun than you would think. But what I would recommend, the first time you do it is, is always a blast. But if you, do, if you say, let's do it again next week, next week, this is my suggestion have a point, like play a game or have a thing where people go around and say different things because eventually it does get a little weary, but if you have a little shtick and um, this will be maybe sort of self-serving, but at pod 617, we're actually working on a, a, like a trivia night where you could, you know, um, hire us to put on this thing for a bunch of people that come in. And if we work it out correctly, the part of the money we raise will go to some coronavirus need, right? Um, I just noticed that somebody sent me a thing I haven't explored yet, but there's um, a trivia 
game. Some may remember it's, it's online or it's on apps or used to be able to buy it, I think, on DVD called You Don't Know Jack. They have a company called Jackbox Games. Jack, sorry, jackboxgames.com. And if you go there, there are a whole bunch of games you can play virtually with your buddies. So don't, yeah, don't, don't underestimate what you can do on those calls. Okay. That's the end of my little spiel. Um, go ahead, Gabrielle. You were going to, right. and so the second, the second um, thought, the second tip would be to watch Ozark. Mm-hmm. Ozark's been a great show. Three seasons. I'm halfway through the third. It's a fabulous show. And I love Jason Bateman. So what can you say? Jason Bateman is aging like a, a fine wine. And yeah. um, so who's, <laughs> who's, who's your fit? So Ben hasn't seen this show. And for those that haven't seen it, it's, it has sort of echoes of Breaking Bad in that it's uh, kind of a normal guy who gets caught up in all kinds of horrible stuff. He's, uh, is, is he a financial advisor? Yeah, he was. He, he was or an accountant. He, wasn't, he was a financial advisor. Right. He was, a, he was a money guy and just got caught up in the wrong crowd and so ends up sort of retreating to the Oz- This is not, uh, no spoilers here. This is just the premise of the show. Eventually, he and his, his you know, upper middle class family or maybe even upper class family, they end up on the, the Lake of the Ozarks and have to find a way to launder money through the resort area that is the Ozarks. And um, chaos ensues. Let's just say that. Who's, do, you have a, do you have a favorite character? I like Ruth. I, I just really think like <laughs> Ruth is sassy from the, you know, from the, uh, the trailer park area. And she is just riding their coattails. And she's just as sassy as ever. I love her. Yeah, she's, I don't, don't want to spoil it, but she, yeah, she plays, the actress's name is Julia Garner. If you're a fan of the Americans, you might remember her as a sort of, uh, phony love interest of Matthew Reese's character. She's she's like a teenager who Matthew Reese, as an undercover spy, has to kind of cozy up to. But she's an unbelievable actress, and she starts the show as you know what. Let's call it what it is: a, a trailer trash, right? And but and we won't tell everybody what happens. But she's she's got such grit, determination. She swears like a sailor. She's she's great. So yeah, she's I'm great. with you. Watch the show; it's great. I'll just throw on one more recommendation and I'll go the, I'll keep the Jason Bateman train running. If you haven't seen the outsider, it's um, Jason, it's a Jason project. He appears in the show, although he's not the star and yeah, I'll just, I'll just say it's this one season of it. I believe it's on Netflix and it's, it's terrific. If you liked true detective, it's, it's like that. There is a little bit of a supernatural thing. So you got to endure so I'm like, well, wait, how did that happen? Some weird force of nature. But it's good. You seen that one yet, Gabrielle? No? No, I haven't. No. Yeah. Very Maybe good. I'll start that. That's good. Yeah. Jason. And you know what's interesting about this time is, um, it, you know, for most of us, we've made sacrifices. For some of these entertainment vehicles, it's um, a boon. Like, do you, do you think as many people would have watched that Tiger King documentary? I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. But no. it's. It's a, so you got to see that too, Ben. Start with that because it's only like six episodes. But you seen that, Gabrielle? No? I, I watched two or three episodes. Oh, come on. I haven't finished it. You got to binge that. Uh, anyway, it's, but it's, it's now uh, like sort of a permanent part in popular culture because it's good. It's a compelling documentary. Uh, the people featured in it are absolutely insane but, and terrible people. But, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not compelling. It's, that's why it's compelling, as a matter of fact. 
But that, I, and I noticed the comedian, I haven't checked it out yet, but the comedian Louis C.K. just released a new comedy special on his, on his website. And I think this is genius because, first of all, people are always looking for the next thing to watch now, right? We're, we're at home in front of our TV screens. But two, I mean, he's a disgraced guy. He was one of the, the, the first, you know, big Me Too um, culprits, right? And uh, seemingly was blacklisted by the entertainment industry. And now here he comes. This is a nice time for him to sort, I don't know if he's going to ask for forgiveness, literally, but uh, this is a nice time for him to ask for forgiveness. Like we got bigger fish to fry. Louis C.K., fine, you're forgiven. I'll watch your comedy special. You yeah. guys agree? Maybe? I don't yeah. know. Okay. Yeah, didn't, wasn't he um, pretty apologetic and remorseful? He was, but nobody listened. You know, it was, it was, and we don't have to turn this into a whole Me Too discussion, but, you know, he was, um, depending upon how you look at it, what he did was, was pretty treacherous or, or that's the wrong word, um, offensive, very offensive towards the women he had this contact with. But then, you know, compare him to the Harvey Weinstein thing. And he tried to apologize, but a lot of those apologies at the time fell on deaf ears because, I mean, I just think the Me Too movement was such a, a strong thing that, so. Did you forgive him, Ben Stitch? I really am not enough of a, a fan to have paid a lot of attention. I just remember hearing that he uh, had made an apology. But it's hard to know when it's remorseful and authentic versus self-serving. That's true. Um, That's true. PR, you know, the recommendation of your PR consultant. What I want to know is just, has anyone checked on Tom Hanks? Aren't we all worried about America's grandfather, Tom He's Hanks? back in the country. Yes. I listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me yesterday, and that, he was, that was one of the questions. And and his by son, all, yeah, his son Colin Hanks uh, made an announcement recently today or yesterday. Is that right? That's well. That's good because I mean, listen, when the coronavirus was is a, is tragic in every way, but but when they when it claimed Tom Hanks, then it got personal. You don't mess with Tom Hanks in the United States of America, people. He belongs to all of us. <sighs> I'm okay. No, but I mean, it, it is scary to hit, you know, some of these celebrities just, I, I do a music podcast called uh, Past Tens with a friend of mine. And we mentioned on our podcast that this guy had written the song. It was the theme to that thing you do. I was expressing my love for that song. The guy's a lead singer of a band, was a lead singer of a band called Fountains of Wayne. And three days after we mentioned him on the podcast, he was dead from the coronavirus. And it's, it's just wow. stuff like that does bring it home. I mean, I obviously hope that no one you know has been hit by this thing, but it is scary in every way. It is scary in every way. Um, so we have to say goodbye. We're up against the clock. I promised I would get these guys out of here before the moment that we're in right now. But uh, did you guys have a good time? We had a great time. Always. I had a great time. Okay. Yeah. Super fun. Good. Well, again, Ben Stitch, Gab Gabrielle Clemens, uh, check them out. Rewind the podcast, people. They gave you all the contact info, but I'll put it in the show notes as well. So check, so check that out. And God bless you guys for hanging in there okay. and helping people. Thanks, you're, you're welcome. So, and um, on behalf of Ben and Gabrielle, uh, thanks so much for being here with us today. Hopefully we've provided um, some advice and maybe a couple last to get you through this. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend, contact, really anybody. Go to pod617.com if you're interested in starting a podcast that you can do from your home. It's easier than you think, and we'll send you out a USB microphone on the house. So on behalf of my friends here, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Hang in there, everybody. We're going to be fine. I swear. Tom Hanks is going to be just fine.
I am a father, I'm fine, it's finally sinking in.